Our reading is taken from uh, Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 19 to 25. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. This is God's word. Evening, everyone. My name's Scott. Let's pray um, as, we, um, as we look at God's words. Pray together. Heavenly Father, we, uh, we praise you that it, at the beginning of this year, where I guess we feel our need all the more for you to speak to us, we thank you that we have your word uh, where you have spoken uh, fully, clearly uh, to us through the Lord Jesus, and we praise you. Uh, and we pray that, um, that we might be changed by it uh, as we look at it this evening. Um, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, well, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. You are, you're not allowed to sing, but you are allowed to um, wish me a Happy New Year. Um, this is normally the time, isn't it, for, um, for making uh, New Year's resolutions. I don't know if you've made any. I, I get the sense um, that this year people haven't bothered. Um, uh, it's, it's been one thing too many. Actually, all people are looking to do is to take one day at a time and to just keep going uh, through today uh, and, then, uh, and then worry about tomorrow. Um, rather than making up resolutions for the whole of the year. Um, it, it's been a year like no other, hasn't it? You don't need me to tell you that. Um, just the relentlessness of the pandemic, um, the weariness of, uh, of, of the constant uh, changes, and the isolation uh, from others, the anxiety that brings. Um, I guess for most of us, uh, it's been a, a difficult year spiritually as well. Um, there wouldn't be many of us, I think, that look back on 2020 and, and think, oh, it was a year in which I really grew. Um, uh, in my faith. Maybe it was, but most of us, I guess, uh, aren't in that place. And so let me ask you, um, at the beginning of 2021, how are you going to keep going? Um, How are you going to keep going as a Christian? Well, our passage um, this evening gives us uh, two ways, um, two ways that we're going to keep going. We're going to keep going through the work of Jesus and through the encouragement of others, the work of Jesus and the encouragement of others. Let me read again from verse 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God. See, Hebrews wants us to be confident Christians. Um, Not confident in ourselves, that would be more like arrogance, but confident in Jesus and what he has done. And there are times in life, aren't there, when it's much better to have confidence in someone else's ability than in your own ability. Think of it like this. Um, how confident would you feel that you could win the Monaco Grand Prix? 
Okay, it's a car race, in case you're, uh, in case you're not there. Um, it's, it's a racing car. Now, some of you, I know what some of you, some of you are thinking, oh, I'm, I'm quite a good driver. Uh, I rate my skills. Uh, you know, I passed my test with only like two minors or something. Uh, you know, I'm good. Um, but most of us, uh, certainly in the building, live in London. And so uh, we've barely been behind um, the, the, the steering wheel for months. And even if we have, we, we've basically only trundled around the North Circular at 15 miles an hour. So our driving skills are probably, honestly, if we're, if we're going to assess them, um, uh, with an honest pair of eyes, pretty low. So our confidence that we could win a car race like um, the Monaco Grand Prix would be pretty low. That would be, a completely, di that'd be completely different, wouldn't it, if uh, we were on this guy's team, if we were on Lewis Hamilton's uh, Mercedes F1 team. If he was our driver, if we were on his team, well, that, that changes it around completely. Our confidence that we could win that race, well, it shoots way up. Sometimes much better enough confidence in another, in the ability of another person uh, rather than ourselves. And in a similar way, uh, when it comes to keeping going as a Christian, um, our confidence is not in ourselves and our ability. It, our confidence comes from Jesus and all that he has done. If you're with him, you can be confident. Confident, says Hebrews 10, because he is your great priest you're a great priest, which means uh, as, as you're with Jesus, your priest, you get two things. Okay, you get access to God and you get his sacrifice. Access and sacrifice. Let's look at them. Um, access then, firstly, in the Old Testament, um, the, the priest's job was to give people access to God. So you wanted to get to God, you go through the priest. You want to give thanks to God, you go through the priest. Um, but now, this side of Jesus, we don't need special people to give us access to God. We've got one special person, the Lord Jesus. And the access that he gives us is an access like no other. See, Jesus' priesthood, it's not just that he works for God. That happens to be his job. No, he is the son of God. And so his access is privileged. Um, I don't know if you've seen this very famous photo before. It's um, uh, JFK Jr., very originally named, um, in the Oval Office. Um, under the desk uh, when his dad was president. Now, lots of people, I guess, had access to the Oval Office um, or do have access to it, usually because they've got something to offer, I mean, usually because it's their job and they've got some skills that, that, that can be put to good use. But JFK Jr., he's got privileged access because he's the son. In a similar way, and in an even greater way, the Lord Jesus has access like no other to God the Father. He is the eternal Son, the one who has always pleased his Father, the one who, to whom the Father will always listen and accept. And if you're with Jesus, then you get that privileged access too. So we can have confidence as we come to God and that he will hear us, that he will accept us. We have access. And the other thing we get with Jesus as a priest is, is his sacrifice. And so the way that the, the priest gave access to God uh, was by presenting sacrifices. Okay, so in the Old Testament, um, if you had sinned, you would go to the priest uh, with your goat or your bull, whatever it might be, and he would offer the, the sacrifice on your behalf. And the blood of that sacrifice would in, in some way um, picture, symbolize that your debt had been paid, uh, the debt of sin that you owe to God had been paid. The problem with that whole system was that you had to keep doing it because the blood of animals couldn't, couldn't ultimately 
uh, pay that debt. And so you had to keep bringing more and more sacrifices. Well, look, do you see in, in Hebrews 10, this side of Jesus with Jesus as the priest, um, whose blood he offers, uh, not the blood of, of an animal, but his own blood. And his blood is more than enough uh, to deal with your sin and mine. So I don't know, maybe, maybe these um, past nine months uh, of lockdown have been, have been pretty rough um, when it comes to the battle against sin. So those old habits that, that you thought you'd um, uh, got on top of, well, they've re-emerged. And new ways have emerged, new ways in which your, your selfishness works out in, uh, in relationships with colleagues or those that you live with. And so maybe uh, you're just thinking, I could never have confidence as a Christian. I just feel, I've, most of the time I feel like a fraud. Well, you need to remember that it's not your job to pay for your sin. And that job has already been taken uh, by Jesus and he has done it uh, fully and perfectly. See, when Jesus offered his blood on the cross, um, it was more than enough to deal with every one of your sins, past, present, and future. And so none of us now, if we're in Jesus, need to carry around that burden of guilt for our sin. So however hard lockdown has been, um, his blood is enough. He has paid your debt. And that gives us confidence. Confidence uh, to do three things. So this passage tells us three things uh, that we must do. It's highlighted in the, in the passages by a let us. Let us do something, okay? Three of them in the passage. Let us come near, let us hold tight, and let us consider others. That's what confidence gives us. It allows us to come near, to hold tight, and to consider others. Now, firstly then, to come near. Verse 22. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. See, because our standing with God is, uh, is down to Jesus and not us, well, we can draw near to God with confidence. Um, and that is an extraordinary privilege, isn't it? Um, it'd be a little bit like, um, imagine you got a phone call uh, this afternoon uh, from, uh, from the royal household, whichever royal household the Queen happens to be residing in at the minute. Rachel Peake can tell us afterwards. But um, uh, 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 You get a phone call from the palace uh, saying something like this. Um, Her Majesty um, would, uh, has requested that you would come and join her support bubble for the duration of the pandemic, however, however many more months that will be. So we'd like you to, um, to pack your bag uh, to make your way to the palace uh, where, where a suite is being prepared for you um, right now. I don't know if you're in a support bubble currently, and I don't know if you would sack that off to, go, to be able to go and stay in the palace uh, for the rest of the pandemic. I think I would. Don't tell Ellie Page. Um, uh, but uh, uh, that would be an extraordinary privilege, wouldn't it? Um, but even greater, even more extraordinary, if that offer was offered to the inmates at Pentonville Prison Oh, why won't you to come and be part of my support bubble? How much greater is what God has done for us in the Lord Jesus? He has offered us access to him. He has said, come and 
enjoy being with me. Come and know me. Draw near. So look, even on the days um, where you mess up and it barely feels like you're a Christian, and you can draw near, you can come to him because of what Jesus has done. And if you're not a Christian this evening, and that is what God offers to you, that sort of access, that sort of privilege. So wherever we stand, what you must do is do not keep God at arm's length. If you're very aware of your sin, especially if you're aware of your sin, do not keep him at arm's length. Draw near. That privilege is open to you in the Lord Jesus. Come near. Hold tight, then, is the second thing. Hold tight. Verse 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. See, if you have come to Jesus, well, don't let go. And even when it gets tough, keep holding tightly to him. There is no one else who offers what he offers. Hold tight as, as you cling to, uh, to the winchman who was rescuing from a sinking ship. Yes, there'll, there'll, be, there'll be waves, the storm will rage, but you cling on, you hold tight because it matters. It is a matter of life and death. Hold tight. No, n- none of us know, do we, what the next few months will bring? Who knows? And yet, even with all that uncertainty around us, we can hold tight to Jesus and his promises. He is strong enough uh, to see you through. He has promised to see you through, and he who promised is faithful. So hold tight. Come near, hold tight. Those are are both, I guess, um, uh, things that we do, uh, or, or ways in which we are responsible for ourselves. We come near, we hold tight. But, but the third one, it, it turns us out, the third let us, turns us out to consider others. Look down at verse 24. And let us consider how we, how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some, have in, some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. See, if your confidence is in yourself, and your performance, then you won't have anything spare for anybody else. You'll always be worrying about whether you've done enough, whether you've made the cut. But see, if your confidence is in Jesus and what he has done, well, that that frees you to look out for others, to, in the words of this passage, consider, to think hard about how you can spur others on and encourage others to keep going. What, uh, uh, that is one of the main ways in which God keeps us going, um, is through one another. So just um, uh, t- take, a look around, um, take a look around you at the people here this evening. Don't worry, I'm not going to ask you to speak to them, because that would be illegal. Um, but but just, just take a look. Um, the, the, the people around you, the people in, um, uh, in your church family, are the people... Um, are, are one of the ways in which God will keep you trusting Jesus uh, to the end. And you are part of the way in which they will keep trusting Jesus to the end. Now, you, uh, I know what some of you are thinking. Some of you are thinking, I could never be an encouragement to anyone else. 
am I, I'm, I, like I'm a mess. Like it just feels like everything in my life is, is just a bit of a disaster. And how could I ever be an encouragement um, to someone else? That, that may well be true, but look, do you see that, that even as you keep, as you come to Jesus, as you cling to him, even with all that mess uh, around you, that is a huge encouragement to others to keep going. Um, everyone has their own mess, don't they? I, one of the dangers, I think, of, um, of these months that we sort of spent apart from other people is that we start to believe that um, everyone else out there is sorted uh, and has everything wrapped up, um, spiritually speaking, that, that I'm the only one who's, who's struggling and finding it hard to keep going. But we need one another because each of us have our own struggles and we need one another to keep us going. Each of us are just trying to figure out at the minute what it means to keep trusting Jesus. Um, it's a little bit like this. This is an, this is an illustration from way back. Um, I remember this um, back when I was a, a, a teenager going to youth group. And people used to use this. And I think I thought it was naff, but I think it is true. Um, so being a Christian is a little bit like being a, a, a coal in a fire. Okay, I know you're not supposed to burn coal anymore. Um, it's very bad for the environment, but it was the 90s and we, we didn't know quite as much then. Um, so being Christian is a little bit like being a coal in a fire. Uh, you keep going by being, part, by being with other coals. Okay? So the fire keeps burning. Some of you are scientists, you know what's going on. I don't. Um, the fire keeps burning if the coals are together, I know that much. Okay? You take a coal out of the fire and put it over by itself, and it might flicker for a little bit, but it'll, it'll soon go out. Okay? You need others. Uh, the coal needs others around you. It's a bit like that being a Christian. That's the point. That you need others in order for you to keep going. They need you. You need them. You need others to, to remind you um, how good it is to follow Jesus. You need others to remind you that it is worth following Jesus even when it's difficult, costly. You need others to keep reminding you that Jesus is that great high priest, the one who has paid for your sin and given you access to God. You need others. So at the beginning of 2021, let me ask you, how are you going to um, spur others on this year? How are you going to encourage others to keep trusting Jesus? And one very practical way that you can do it, one of the ways that the the passage gives us, is to keep meeting together. So in some ways, we're we're doing it already, even as we gather together uh, this evening. And yes, it's far from ideal. You have to sit away from everyone. Uh, You've got to have a mask on. You're allowed to speak to one other person. But just being here with others um, is an encouragement, isn't it? Uh, And so let me encourage you to keep prioritizing um, at church on a Sunday. Um, Even if if you need to be careful uh, and cut down some of the social contacts that you have and, and all that, think hard. Um, uh, uh, before you cut out church as one, because you need it, it really matters. Meeting others uh, at church if you can, or in other ways, uh, is so, so important. And so being able uh, to tune in online, uh, which all of us, I guess, have done at some point, um, it is great, what a blessing it is to be able to, to tune in online when we can't make it. And yet it is not enough by itself. Um, it's not even enough to, to, to tune in online on a Sunday and, uh, and read your Bible every day. 
uh, by yourself. You, you actually need other people. And perhaps more importantly, other people need you. And so there will be times, won't there, when, when each of us don't feel like coming. And we've all been there, haven't we, uh, in the dark winter, winter nights. We just, we don't want to go anywhere. Um, so uh, you're sort of exhausted from endless um, Zoom meetings. And so why bother tuning into church? Why bother um, getting out of the house to, to come at all? And there will be times when, when CCM or any church family is not everything that you'd want it to be. There'll be times when, when your DG group, your small group is hard work. Uh, when there are individuals who you just find it hard to, to get on with. Well, when that happens, you, you need to know that it's vital that you keep meeting with other Christians. It's vital for you and it's vital for them. Now look, lots, lots of you are doing it brilliantly already. Um, lots of you are, are committed to your, to your discipleship groups. Um, you go even when it's not convenient or uh, even when you don't feel like it. There are lots of you finding ways in the current restrictions to encourage others to keep in contact uh, with others. Uh, and, and that is wonderful. And it is such a blessing uh, to others in the church family. Keep doing it. But I guess all of us, uh, all of us could grow um, in seeking to encourage others. So how do we do that? How would it change, firstly, how, um, uh, what, what a Sunday looked like, what your Sunday looked like? Well, I think it means if, if you're able to come in person, um, that you, you, you do come, that you book in, um, you make that a priority, make sure you respond to that email, you book in, you come on a Sunday where you can. But, but it goes beyond that, it goes beyond just turning up. It, it, it's coming ready uh, to serve others. Um, so in your mind, not just thinking, uh, what am I gonna get out of church uh, this evening? What do I need? But thinking, how can I serve others? How can I be an encouragement to them? Um, how can I make sure that they keep going, trusting Jesus? Uh, pray for opportunities before you come. Pray for opportunities to do that. And maybe consider in advance um, who might be in particular need of some encouragement this week, someone that you know. Uh, look out for that person. Look, it's hard at the minute, isn't it? We're, we're basically limited to, I think, uh, um, one conversation um, after church. You like to chat with one other person outside in the cold and the dark. Um, it, it, it's not a lot, but let's see it as an opportunity. Um, let's see it as an opportunity to make the most of that one conversation. Um, how can I encourage this person to keep going? And it, look, it doesn't have to be weird and, and intense. Why not start by asking, um, what can I pray for you this week? What can I pray for you? Um, if, you're, uh, if you're tuning in online, either this week or, uh, or in future weeks, it is just harder, isn't it? It is harder to encourage one another. Um, but there are still ways of doing it. Um, so there are still Zoom calls uh, that you can join. Um, uh, maybe you don't like Zoom calls, but um, join a Zoom call and be the person who breaks the awkward silence at the beginning. Um, when no, one, no one's quite sure who has permission to speak, if you need to like, be granted some sort of special status to start the conversation, why not be the person who, who goes through the pain barrier and introduces a topic of conversation? Um, if group calls really aren't your thing, and I know for some of us, uh, they would be really hard work. If there aren't, there are still opportunities uh, to encourage others. Why not in advance, um, if you're tuning in online, why not think who else, who, who else might be tuning in online this evening? Um, get in touch with them in advance. Uh, and ask them, and then why not arrange to have a call 
uh, a phone call with them after the service um, to chat about the sermon, um, to ask how they're doing. That would be one way of doing it. It wouldn't just change the Sunday, though. I think it would change um, uh, the rest of the week, too. Here's, um, here's a helpful question, I think, or a helpful thing to think. If I'm finding this hard, who else might be finding it hard? And how could I encourage them? So um, if I find it hard to engage in an online um, Zoom group, uh, my temptation is to skip it altogether and, and not bother. But, but I've, I've determined, you know, it's important for me to go and, uh, and I'll go. Well, if, I'm, if I find it hard, who else might find it hard? Well, maybe there's, there's Johnny who's on Zoom calls all day, every day uh, with work. He's going to find it hard to, um, to join another Zoom call at the end of a busy day. So maybe I, I, I'll just drop him, a, drop him a text and ask how he's doing and say, you know, look, looking forward to seeing you this evening. Ho- really hope you can make it. That'd be one way. Or um, uh, when, we, when we go up to tier 22, whenever it might be restrictions, and the restrictions all change, and everybody's got to work out what, what's allowed and what's not. Well, okay, um, may, maybe church won't be allowed at, at some other point, church in person. Well, I'll find that hard. But who else will find that hard? And how could I encourage them? You know, there's, um, there's Joe, who doesn't live with other Christians, and has found in-person church a real lifeline uh, through lockdown. Well, they'll find it really hard. So maybe I can get in touch with her and, and ask, um, you, you know, uh, meet up for a walk or a call at some point. Uh, it, it doesn't need to be big. They don't need to be big things. But you do need to think about them. And it does take some planning. And that's why it's, it's super helpful that the, the passage tells us to consider and to think hard about how we can spur one another on. It won't, just ne- it won't necessarily come naturally. Um, it might be something we need to, it, it will be something we need to give some thought to. So why bother? Um, why bother um, uh, seeking to do this when there are so many other um, pressures uh, at the minute, when everyone's just feeling a bit worn out and we're finding it hard to keep going ourselves? Why bother um, uh, seeking to encourage others? Well, the, the answer's there in verse 25. Encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And the, the, the day there is the day when Jesus will return. Uh, it's saying Jesus will come back. And so looking to, encourage, looking to encourage others and putting effort into that is worth doing because that day is coming. Jesus is coming back. He is coming back uh, to remake this world um, where there will be no more sin and suffering, no more coronavirus, no more isolation. He's coming uh, to judge his enemies and rescue his people. And so there is nothing more worthwhile to do. We want to be ready for that day. He is coming back. We want to be ready. We want others to be ready. So in Jesus, you can be confident that that on that day when he comes back, he will welcome you warmly, richly into his kingdom. That is why it is worth coming near. That is why it is worth holding tight. And that is why it is worth looking uh, for ways to, to spur others on, to encourage them to keep going. If we're going to do that, we need God's help. Um, so why don't we pray uh, as we close?
Heavenly Father, we praise you so much for, for the extraordinary work of the Lord Jesus on our behalf, that we can have a great confidence in what he has done, confidence to draw near to you, confidence to come and know you and enjoy you. Father, we praise you that that means that we can come near and hold tight, and it means we can look to encourage others rather than worrying about ourselves. Father, please would we be those who, who seek to spur others on, who encourage them to keep trusting in the Lord Jesus, to wait for his return, to be ready for it. Father, help us to find ways to do that uh, this week uh, and, and through this lockdown and on into the future, Father, that we might glorify the Lord Jesus in the way that we love one another. We pray in his name. Amen.